On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, the season is here. It's time to preview the first Thunder game. Plus, what's the best, worst, and most likely case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder this season? Where will they finish in the standings and how this season will unfold and how tonight's game will unfold? All of this and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. we're going to dive into the best, the worst, and the most likely case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Plus, we're going to preview tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. What should you be watching for tonight as the ball gets tipped up on this season? This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKEDON. It's here. It's the NBA season. We had two games last night. We have a full slate of games tonight, including the Thunder taking on Minnesota. So let's discuss this season as a whole one final time, give our final predictions and our final kind of thoughts on what will happen before we see this team play an actual NBA game. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that every single year we do our best, our worst, and most likely case scenario for the season. We do our best, our worst, and most likely case scenario for the draft lottery, for the draft, for free agency. We always like to preview a big event in the NBA this way to kind of give you all aspects of what to expect in a certain setting, the season, the draft, the lottery, anything. So we're going to do that again today. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including YouTube, so you never miss an episode. The best case scenario for the Thunder. Let's start there. It is a very interesting question. It's a very polarizing question, and it really depends on your personal belief. If you feel like the Thunder should not tank despite this loaded draft class, despite these two generational stars, if you think that the Thunder should throw everything at the wall, see what sticks, and try their hardest to win games, if that is your opinion, then if this roster tried and everything broke right for them, I mean down to the minute detail, If every player took a step in in the right direction, if every player took a leap, if every player played to their best possible outcome, remember, this is the best case scenario. This is where everything goes right, everyone's healthy, and everyone's good. If everything went right for the Thunder, if you are on the team, go try to win every game, yeah, it would probably be, you know, a 9-10 seed. That'd be the best case scenario in terms of winning. If you're on team tank, I think that the best case scenario is being the fourth or fifth worst team record wise in the NBA. 
Because at four or five, you're still seeing progressions. You're still seeing um, your young players play. You're still seeing, you know, Josh Giddy, SGA get more comfortable together. You're still seeing their rookies get out there and progress. But look, they're a young team. They're the youngest team in the NBA again. They are going to lose games because they're so young. And they might lose a lot of games that last year they would have won because it's hard to project them to lead the league in 15-plus point comebacks again this season. That's stuff that is not uh, automatically right repeatable or not automatically kind of something that the team can duplicate in the next season. The team's a great three-point shooting team. They can likely all shoot great again next year if you have the same cast of characters. But you can't really quantify how they came back 15-plus points each time. As in, it's not really transferable to the season. They might still do that. They might still lead the league in 15-plus point comebacks, and they might still be incredible at delivering that second punch, taking that first punch out of the gate, delivering the second one. But we don't know that for a fact. We don't know that that's what their identity will be this year. So that can can kind of offset some games that you won last year that you might not win this year, even though the talent might be better, the roster might be better, the play style might be better. Other teams are also better, and other teams might be not allowing you to get those 15-plus point comebacks, which detracts from the win total of last season. So uh, the best-case scenario to me would be this team finishes a bottom 5, 6, or 7 record, showed obvious improvement, showed that these guys are legitimate players, still have a shot to be right there. Still have a shot to be a a legitimate leap-up candidate in the draft lottery for Victor Mignogna or Scoot Henderson and... This draft is deeper than those two guys because I think that a lot of the detractors to tanking would say, well, yeah, but you have a 14% chance to get those guys and, you know, you, you have this percentage over here of not getting them. Okay, fair. But the lower that you fall down that standings list, right, you might miss out on Scoot Henderson. You might miss out on Victor Mignogna. But you're going to get the five other talented players in this draft that could be all-star caliber or better players. You're going to get Cam Whitmore. You're going to get um, Derek Whitehead. You're going to get... Some of these guys, Nick Smith, any of these guys, the Thompson twins, you're going to get those guys if you miss out on you know, Victor or Scoot. So you're, you're going to get those guys plus add Chet to this team. So it's it's as though you get two lottery picks. We always talk about how, you know, for example, the Mavericks. The Mavericks are going to push this agenda, this narrative that, hey, you know, our biggest free agent signing is Tim Hardaway Jr. He's coming back this year. He's healthy. It's like that for every team across every sport. They always use that kind of line. Or after the trade deadline's over, if somebody that got hurt in the first half of the season, oh, he's like a trade deadline acquisition. Well, you transfer that to Chet, it's like you drafted a second lottery guy. You know, whenever he, whenever he gets healthy this summer and comes back next year. So, to me, that's the best case scenario. Four or five bottom records, still giving yourself a good shot to, to get in to those sweepstakes and to leap up into the draft. But... You know, of course, not bottom three. Because look, folks, the Thunder have been trying very, very hard to be at the bottom, and they still have yet to get to a bottom three record in the league. They still have not achieved that in all of this rebuild. And I don't think that this year, with the amount of teams that want to be bad, with the amount of teams that will sell their soul to be bad this year, I don't think that this is the year that they're going to find their way into the the bottom three. I just don't. So four or five, I think, is the best-case scenario in that regard. Now, what is the worst-case scenario? That is much more defined. I think that it's more definitive what the worst case scenario is versus what the best or most likely case scenario is. I think I think that the best and most likely are the two coin flips, and we know for a fact what the worst case scenario is for this season. 
And so let's get into that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is incredible, folks. It is daily fantasy made easy. It's just you versus the projected number. So tonight, I love Shea returning to this lineup and this starting lineup. I'm going to take the over on points for him. So what you're going to do is, let's say, for example, that Shea's over under in points is 20 and a half. You take the over. All you have to do from there is sit back and watch the game. Does he score 21 or does he score 19? If he scores 21, you won. You won, you get you get money, you 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 get to do all the fun stuff. He scores 19, though, you lose. But the point of this is, it's daily fantasy, but you're not betting against people or playing against people that made this their job, right? How many people do you know that are on Twitter giving out all these hot fantasy tips and they're in your pools and they have more time to develop and, and to in, invest in this and that's an uneven playing field? This is just simply you versus projected numbers. You're using your insight, your opinion, and your feeling on how to make these plays. It's so fun. It, it is, to me, the funnest way to get involved in these daily fantasy things. I love prize picks myself. I think that you will too. So check it out today by downloading the prize picks app. Go to prizepicks.com, sign up today, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. It is incredible. Check it out today. Prize picks. Use code locked on at sign up. Uh, and you can, of course, get that deposit match up to $100. So check it out today. Prizepicks.com or the app. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you about a great podcast to listen to. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're here for you. Subscribe every day. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, it's all free every single day on every podcasting platform. Also, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. But make your second listen, the Game to Game podcast. Every moment, every performance, every result is going to be found at Locked On Game to Game. Every game is covered across the NBA with local breakdowns from our local experts that only Locked On can deliver you. It is incredible. It's on the Locked On NBA feed and also on the on the podcasting platforms on the Game to Game feed. Check it out today because it is going to give you a one-minute breakdown from every single host on the network about what game they just watched for their team. Uh, so you can just get caught up in like 30 minutes on every single game that's happened from both sides of things. So make sure that you check that out. Also, I'll be posting my minute reactions right after the buzzer on YouTube Shorts. So you can check that out as well. Now, let's dive into the worst-case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder. To me, this is the the case scenario that is easiest to de- describe. It is the case scenario that I think that we can all agree on. Again, best case scenario, you can look at that two different ways, right? You can either be on the team of, hey, we've already suffered through two years. Let's just do it one more time. Get this generational star and have a dynasty. You can also look at it as, hey, we've suffered through two years. Let's see what these young kids can do. Let's see if they can make a push. Let's see if the Kings will king. Let's see if the Lakers suck. Let's see if we can get the, the ninth seed or 10th seed in the play-in tournament. So the best case scenario is kind of up to your own personal interpretation. To me, the worst case scenario is something that we can all agree on. The worst case scenario is finishing 10th. And this is the case. This is why, right? If you finish 10th and you had no shot to be ninth, no shot to be eight, like let's say that nine is like three and a half games better and eight is like seven or eight games better than the Thunder, but they just found their way into the 10th slot. 
what good did that really do you for this season? What did you truly accomplish? Because your guys weren't just otherworldly to leap up into the playoffs and get like a legit 8-7 seed, you know, and shock the the stacked Western Conference. So the worst case scenario to me is that if you are the 10th seed, if you're the 10th seed and it's because you're, you know, five, six games away from eight or a larger deficit from that because of how good the Western Conference is, to me, that scenario plays out in a in all likelihood because other teams messed up, right? Because the Kings aren't as good as they think they are. The Lakers aren't as good as they think that they are. And the, you know, play Blazers suffer an injury. Houston, Utah don't want to be good. San Antonio don't want to be good and don't have talent on their roster in general, right? To me, the way that you get solely to 10 is by other teams forcing your hand in that way or or not being good enough to take that spot. Because to me, this team is either going to be just absurdly good and we're not expecting it and that's how they get into the playoffs or they're going to lose games and they're going to uh, be at the bottom of the standings after the All-Star break. So I just think that the worst case scenario would be finishing 10th. And you didn't truly take a humongous leap. Like the, the guys just kind of played the way that they kind of can do. And you're adding Chet Holmgren still. It's still amazing. But you did all that and you just plummeted your odds to get a generational star and even get into the top seven. And also you do all that for one game to go get beat in by these teams that somebody has to finish, you know, seven and eight. It'll be the Mavericks or it'll be the you know Pelicans. It will be teams like that. Somebody has to finish down there that, that we think is a really good team, Minnesota. It'll be somebody like that waiting on you at the bottom to where, what did that truly do? Would you rather have that outcome where, yeah, you're in the play in like you're in the, you're in the big dance. So to say we get to record a playoff preview, but you could have just gone over 10 in the last 10 games and, and found yourself getting to that seventh slot or getting to that, you know, eighth slot. I mean, in the, in the seventh slot, if you, if you're, if you're in the play in picture and you just go, Oh, and 10 in the last 10 games as Portland did last year, and you find your way in that seventh hole, you have a 32% chance of getting a, a, a top four pick. It's still better odds than if you make the play-in, get bounced, and you have like a 2% chance of getting into the top four. So to me, that's kind of the way that I look at that and consider that the worst-case scenario. Now, what's the most likely-case scenario for the Thunder? When I sit down and I truly try to predict this season for the Thunder and for other teams, when I do this, I kind of split the hairs and settle on what I think is most likely is that seventh slot. I think that the seventh worst record in the league will be kind of where they reside. Cause I think they're gonna be better than last year, which was four. They're probably going to be better than a team that suffers an injury and, and falls down that we're not expecting. Right. Or are the Pacers finally embrace tanking? So that knocks them out of five. And then from there you have the seventh slot, but you saw a ton of development from Pokashevsky. You saw a ton of development from Josh Giddy and Trey Mann, and then you got the baseline and, and a lot of minutes for Jalen Williams and Usman Jang. SGA could be an all-star steal. Isaiah Joe could be a fun little piece at the end of the season whenever you're going 0-10 or whatever you are going to end up going at the end of the season. Lou Dort takes a leap in efficiency. Wiggins shows he's a rotational piece. Like That can still be a very fun season, even with finishing with the seventh-worst record in the league. But young teams lose games. And I'm not saying as though if, if they get the seventh worst record that each and every one of those losses to get them to the seventh worst record will be a blowout. I think that this team will be very fun. I think that this team will be, you know, a caliber of team that loses games, but you see the vision, right? That 
third and fourth quarter roll around, and these experienced teams have been in playoff games and been in playoff series and been you know deep into these runs and have been around the block a time or two, they can just exploit younger teams, and younger teams will have that critical mistake that they need to clean up later on. Young teams typically just cannot win. So you picture this. You get the seventh worst record in the league. You have Chet Holmgren Chet coming back next year. You enter lottery night with a 32% chance of getting a top overall, uh, you know, a top four pick, and you have a 7.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. All in all, that's pretty good. All in all, that being your most likely case scenario, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Because let's face it, barring them just looking blah and looking like they're in the middle, as we described in the worst case scenario, you can talk yourself into any outcome being fantastic for the Thunder. In this outcome, sure, your odds for Victor Mignogna deplete a bit, right, from 14% chance to 7% chance. But you got a lot of other production along the way. If they just come out of the gates and they're just not that good, and this 5-1 preseason was a mirage and they can't play as fast as they want to whenever Shea and Giddy share the floor together and they just they just look like a disaster at times because they're so young and because they're trying to figure out and find their way and, and, and older teams use them to compile wins because they know that the Western Conference will be the toughest Western Conference that's been in a long time and they know that teams are jockeying for a playoff position and now you've really got to jockey for home court advantage because you don't want to find yourself into the play-in if this you know kind of season goes off the rails record-wise and they only win 24 games or less, then still fans at the end of it all will say fantastic year because you have now a 14% chance of Victor Mignogna. You can only fall to like five or six in the, in the lottery. If things went like a total disaster in the lottery, you got Chet Holmgren coming back. So like the thunder in such a good position that there's again, no pressure this year, no matter what you win some games. That's awesome. That means the young guys are playing well. You lose some games. That's awesome. That means you got another shot at a generational talent to add into these guys who have not even hit their prime yet. To add into Josh Giddy, SGA, Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, Trey Mann, all these guys, Jalen Williams, plus Victor Mignogna, plus Scoot Henderson, plus Cam Whitmore would be awesome. Whitehead would be awesome. The Thompson Twins would be awesome. Like plus all these different guys. So that's kind of where I settle at for the for the most likely case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what I think this thing is trending towards this season. But let me know down below in the comment section of YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. What do you think is the most likely case scenario for the Thunder, the best case scenario, and the worst case scenario for the Thunder this season as the season tips off tonight? And coming up, we'll talk about what to watch for against Minnesota. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're talking best, worst, and most likely case scenario. We're also talking about what to watch for this season, including tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, check out Game to Game and then check out Lockdown NBA for the national perspective on all that's happening around the NBA. So let's discuss what to watch for tonight against Minnesota. Whenever you turn on the television and you're back on Bali Sports Oklahoma and you're Settling in to see this new look Thunder squad against a new look Timberwolves squad that has Anthony Edwards and Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert and all these other guys. 
what should you watch for? Number one, what is Mark's first crack at the rotation? Now, look, he would kill me for saying this. Obviously, it does not matter. Don't overreact to the rotation. Don't overreact to starting lineups. But this is the first shot he has at a full, healthy team. The injury report is clean outside of Chet Holmgren. Who gets the first crack at the starting lineup? Who gets the first crack at the, at the rotational minutes? This will change by Saturday, probably. But who's the first people in line? I also want to watch for can the Thunder play fast. SGA's back. Josh Giddy's there. Can the Thunder play fast? In this game, I'm looking for can the Thunder play fast? How does Josh Giddy and SGA pair well together? I'm looking for the rotation and starting lineups from Mark for the first shot at it. Is Poku going to start? Can Poku still stay composed? I'm looking at Jaden Williams, Usman Jang. For Jaden Williams, he has passed every single test, summer league, training camp, preseason. Can he pass the test of the first regular season game of his career? And then Darius Baisley saying under control, Darius Baisley saying composed and not taking those three-point shots and being more decisive on the drive. I'm looking for that. Big picture, can they out-rebound the Timberwolves? They only lost two rebounding battles all preseason long. They went 5-1. and one. And then I'm looking for three-point shooting. Was that legit in the preseason? Was that all kind of cashed in from the two non-NBA teams that they played? Uh, how did they look in the shooting department tonight against a real NBA team? And fast break points because I want them to play very fast. So tell me what you are looking for in tonight's game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's what is ahead on Locked on Thunder. So we're going to have... A recap podcast tonight, right after the game. And on Friday, we're going to discuss what the weekend looks like for the Thunder, plus how every player can improve. And we're going to talk about the goals this season for the Thunder that they need to try to accomplish throughout the course of the 82-game stretch. Plus, of course, we're going to preview the weekend. On Saturday night, we'll have a recap podcast of the Nuggets game on Monday. We'll have a recap of the Timberwolves game. And, of course, we are five days a week, Monday through Friday, and after every single game for our post-game podcast. So subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. That way you never miss an episode. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.